Life can be an extraordinary adventure. More than ordinary. In the gym. At home. At work. More than ordinary. Advice. Without the new agey bullshit. Welcome to More Than Ordinary, brought to you by Seven Generation Games. Today, I have a special guest, Danny Holm, who is a business owner and, among other things, the founder of the Rousey Effect. And so I broke my normal rule here about not having anything to do with people who have more pictures of my lovely child on their social media than I do, <laughs> just for you, because you don't seem like a crazy net job. So, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. So let's dive in there. Tell me about the Rousey effect, why you decided to do it. I suffered from clinical depression ever since I was 11 years old. And it's something that I've, you know, had to navigate through and, and work really, really hard to understand. The best way I can explain it is some people just wake up happy and other people just don't. And they can't really articulate or explain it why. But it's it's a very difficult thing to kind of walk through life with. You can't explain why you're sad, but you're just sad. So in my early 20s, it was, it was particularly difficult. And then get to my mid-20s, looking at my other friends and family, and they're far more established than I was at my age. And it just got to a point where everything went from hurting to being completely numb. I was at this pointless job, felt... Like I wasn't respected. I wasn't taking care of myself at all. I had gained more weight than I ever had in my entire life, over 100 pounds since I had been in high school. And I was just mindly channel surfing like I did every single day because that was my life. I came across this press conference for women's MMA, which I didn't even know women's MMA was even a thing. Of course, I knew MMA was a thing, but women in mixed martial arts and women who are this aggressive and engaging in women's mixed martial arts it made me stop and watch and I was like who is this chick with all of this confidence and how do I get like that and I was immediately drawn in and I wanted to learn more so of course I watched the fight and it was the most disgusting most amazing thing I had seen in my life and for the first time I felt something other than misery you know after following her career for a little bit longer I thought, what if I approached life and my health and fitness and my mental health with the same tenacity as Ronda Rousey did to MMA fighting? And the more I got to learn about her, the more apparent the parallels between our lives were, even though they could not have been more different. So a lot of her sayings that she would apply to getting respect within the MMA community, those were fights that I was having within myself. That was my my enemy in the cage was really me, who I was facing. And it was really, really easy for me to draw those lines and take those those quotes and parallels, you know, to my life and start feeding into that confidence and believing in myself and what I have the ability to do. And I ended up losing a lot of weight. I fell in love with mixed martial arts, not just as a fan, but as a practitioner. And it completely changed the way that I walked through life. Danny, eight years ago, would have never been able to come on the More Than Ordinary podcast <laughs> and, you know, have the great opportunity to speak to Ronda Rousey's mom and, and have her own business. I don't think that had I not 
channel surfed that day, I would be here. I'm not even sure I would be alive. So that's kind of how the Rousey effect started. And that blog went on. But my fandom still holds strong, you know, Ronda Rousey for life. So that's interesting, <laughs> because you're not the first person by a long shot that I've met that said that they struggled with depression, and then they mm-hmm. read Rhonda's book, or they saw Rhonda on TV, and how it made a big difference to them, which is always funny to me, because, you know, in our family, we just think of Rhonda as the person who loses everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason I know that there's a limit to the number of passports you can get. And, you know, I mean, we... <laughs> We all love her and think she's great and brilliant and that, but I you know, love all my daughters and think they're great and brilliant. So it's always interesting and, and good for me to hear that about them. Each one of your girls have had that mark and that level of significance in somebody's life, I'm willing to bet. I mean, just the pieces that we have, the pleasure and the glimpses that we get to see. I'm sure that Jennifer could teach anywhere she wanted to, oh, but absolutely. she's in an inner city school, you know? I think those things speak volume. You and Maria could do anything that you wanted. You could have any type of company that you wanted that would generate billions and billions of dollars of revenue because you all are brilliant. Ah, thank you. But you want to make video games to help people love math, which I have a story about my niece loving math because of Sandwich Generation games that I'll get into. Julia is brilliant and hilarious, I think. And you all could really do anything and you choose to do what you do for a reason. Rhonda mentioned several times that you would always tell your girls, make the world a better place than what you found it. Well, my grandmother used to always say that every talent you have is a gift from God. And it's not like God's waiting for you to deliver him a pizza. I mean, you don't have anything that God wants. So the only thing you can do with it is show it wasn't a mistake to give it to you instead of the kid next door. And that's what I've always told my kids, too. And, and you're right, all of them. I mean, Rhonda has a lot of talents, everything from athletics to she's very good, has a very good head for business. It's, like you said, Jennifer is an amazing teacher. I've run into kids that say, oh, I was so disappointed Ms. Rousey changed schools. I was so looking forward to having her as my history teacher next year. And I don't think middle school kids say that a lot. No, they don't. I've worked with middle school kids, you know, that no, they don't. We'll be right back. Did you know that kids on average lose two and a half months of math skills over the summer? That means that when they go back to school this fall, it's almost like everything they learned in math since mid-March never happened. Seven generation games can help. Combining adventure gaming and math, our games are the perfect way to keep kids' math skills up to date. It's not flashcards or worksheets, but 3D video games and engaging apps that kids actually want to play, even when they're on summer break. Check us out at 7generationgames.com. All right, well, let's dive on to you. You started a business. So I did. what motivated you? That's kind of a big jump, right? To quit your day job and say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go out and try to get people to give me money for ideas and stuff that I do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, domestically, Danny actually started years ago by way of me helping my sisters when they started having kids because you know that saying it takes a village it definitely does I don't know how they do it or how they get it done but they definitely make it happen and they collectively raised five beautiful brilliant amazing children but they always needed help with 
something around the house that would just help them breathe a little bit better. Or I would just pop up and say, all right, you guys get out, go have fun, take a breath for a couple of hours. And when they came home, the kids were happy, healthy, fed, clean, the house was clean. And it was just a nice, beautiful thing for them to come back to. And often they would be in tears because they were so appreciative to just have that time and to come home to a clean house. Or there would be times where the kids would have to be in five different places at one time. And, um, you know, they would say, you should do this professionally. You should be a nanny. And so I did that. And any job that I had had ever was all about helping people. And I just really had this undying urge to help people the way that I wanted to help people, help people truly the way that they needed, not necessarily what was going to profit. So basically, you're a wife for rent without the sex part. Exactly. I mean, I there's an, <laughs> an article many years ago. I it might have been in Ms. Magazine, but it was called "I Want a Wife," and it was by a woman. It was mm-hmm. probably written forty years ago, and she said, "I want somebody to pick up the dry cleaning when I have a business trip that I have to go out of town for tomorrow, and I have a business yep. meeting today. <laughs> I want somebody to clean the house and have my laundry done and have dinner home. So after I've worked all day long and I get home." there's something nutritious to eat. I want somebody who loves my kids as much as I do to take care of them while I'm gone. She went on and on. She says, what I really want is I want a wife. Who wouldn't want a wife? So that's that's exactly what I want. I want somebody who can be in two places at one time. I want to be that second person where it feels like I never even left. Or, you know, that family member doesn't have to worry about who are my kids with and are they getting X, Y, and Z done? What am I going to come home to? I really could have used something like that when my kids were young, especially when Ron was ill and and after he passed away, because it's really hard if you're a single mom and there's lots of single mothers out there in either professional positions or even if they're not making that much money that sometimes they need to work overtime or they just have to be at something. So yeah, I think that's a great service. So how do people get hold of you or find out about you? I am on Facebook, just search Domestically Danny, and you'll see my beautiful face and my beautiful picture. I am also on Instagram as Domestically Danny, and you can find me on Twitter at The Rousey Effect. Also, Seven Generation Games. It's amazing. It's addicting. You'll thank me later. Just do it. We'll be right back. My parents love me. They want me to be happy and healthy, to learn and be confident. The best gift they can give me is an education. With Seven Generation Games, I can play and have fun while I'm learning math and history. Seven Generation Games make games that make you smarter. And you know what? I like being smarter. To get Seven Generation Games, visit sevengenerationgames.com. At every step, There's always a lot of people, and I do believe some of them are well-meaning, that are ready to throw water on you and say, no, you can't do this. What I've found is the importance of what I call your crew in a couple of ways. One is, like my kids are a really strong support system for me and my husband, that whenever I am saying something, well, maybe... It'll be really tough to break into this market, or I don't know if we'll get this grant. And they always say things like, Mom, 
you've been your whole life trying to do things to make the world better, to make you know, kids learn better, to teach math, you'll be able to do this too. So I think they've been super helpful in that way. And the other way, and I, we get, this gets into my next thing I want to talk about a little later, is, is social media. But they have been there tangibly. Like, of course, Maria is our CEO. She started out as our chief marketing officer. You know, Rhonda's done ads for us. Julia and Jennifer at different times have entered data, worked as interns. So it's not just been lip service. And I have some good right. friends who are like that too. And even, again, people that I have met on social media, like yourself, that if I ask for something, whether it's to back us $2 on Kickstarter or download a game for free and play it so our user numbers go up or check out our YouTube channel or whatever thing it is, whether it's a small thing or a bigger thing, they're there to do it. So I've found the importance of a small group of people who have, have my back to be the most critical thing being successful. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know in that very long-winded story question, what your experience has been with that. I am so unbelievably blessed to have the family that I have. You know, one of the things that held me up in my younger 20s is I, I'm the least educated of my mother's children. But I also have a lot more work experience than the other two do. And that's partly because at 19, I knew everything I needed to know, right? What's the point of me going to school when I can just earn the same amount of money working? I knew everything when I was a teenager, too. Yeah, right? I think I think we all kind of go through that phase. And then we hit our 20s. And it's like, oh, oh, wait, no, I, I don't know anything. But they they could not be more supportive in that way. A lot of really good constructive criticism comes from them. A lot of it I don't want to hear, but it's definitely necessary for me to hear it and consider it, even if I don't necessarily use it. And then I also have a great group of friends as well who have gone above and beyond to get my name out there, to get my word out there. A friend of mine offered to buy one of my one of the uniform shirts that I give the team (laughs) just to put, you know, my word out there. Gave it to her for free. Absolutely. It's free publicity. You can have as many as you want. Asking for business cards, handing them out, giving out references, but also giving me those critiques that I need. Because I am such a selfless person, I will help people in any way that I can. And I've had to learn that I can't do that as a detriment to the business because then I won't be able to help people in the long run the way that I want to. Most of my customers, you know, to the point that you were making earlier, are single parents or disabled or who have kids who are disabled and they're all working or trying to survive off of one income which is almost impossible to do today that makes a lot of sense actually when you when you mentioned the part about the kids who are disabled I have worked on a project for many years on families of kids with severe disabilities and then there's so many things you know even with Rhonda when she was younger and had all these speech therapy appointments and People say, oh, well, if you just did this one more thing, and they don't realize if you have multiple kids, or maybe even if you only have one kid and you're working full time, if I did all the multiple, you know, the things that would just take me a little bit of time, it would take my entire day and the next right, day as well. Exactly. And imagine how freeing that is to have that burden lifted. 
that's what this business catered towards. I get to help people on my terms. And if they can't afford to pay a bigger company to do X, Y, and Z, then okay. I've even set up a payment plan for someone who literally could not move around their home freely because it was so cluttered and they were disabled and couldn't get around. Pay me in installments. But the benefits that I get from helping people is so much greater than what money can give me. You need to make money though. And that's one of the things that I, that, that I tell people is we're in business to make money. We don't just do anything that makes money. We're not selling, you know, cigarettes to school children out on the corner or something, but I have to make payroll every two weeks. And that was a big thing for me too, because I've heard so many businesses first starting out that they don't make payroll and people know to expect it. I'm like, no, the people that I have working for me are kids. One of my favorite, I'm going to like name drop for a second. One of my favorite blogs that you wrote that I still have saved was about leading the ladder down and pulling people up as you come up in the world. So the people that I have on my team, they're kids who are fresh out of high school and in college right now, don't have any formal work experience, didn't know much about business before we started this. And I had them very close with me while I was doing this. So they understand why we have to receive things. They understand expense reports. They can pitch all of our services without me being there. They're learning these life skills along the way, in addition to us actually going out and working with families. How long have you been in business? We just started really in March. So you maybe haven't been in business long enough to have got screwed over. Oh, <laughs> I've got a good one. I, I did get a good one. I Yeah. And that was, that was enough Let's for me to kind of rethink some things. So a friend of mine referred someone to our services. We do deep cleaning, decluttering, and organizing. This lady had a gorgeous 3,000 square foot house that really needed some TLC, did really $800 worth of work, and I was written a bad check, and she magically disappeared with the house on the market. Well, I have had a, a number of experiences like that. My, my late husband used to tell me that my problem was if I couldn't imagine doing something like plagiarizing someone else's work that I, I couldn't believe anybody else would do it to me either. And I have come to realize that's not the way the world works. So a couple of things that I've seen happen, and if I talk about social media and crazy people, if you could imagine this as a Venn diagram, there's a good bit of overlap, though not I believe 100%. It. So one of the things that I've seen happen in my business is that people will ask us to help them out and we'll do it because we try to do things for the good of community, sponsor any events for kids, take out ads in programs that benefit youth organizations or community organizations or all kinds of stuff like that. We'll have people volunteer, like they had to walk for Praxia and our entire office showed up. Rhonda oh yeah, too. a friend of mine went, she loved it. Yeah, so we, we try to do what we can. And I'll often get people on social media, I don't even know, that say, can you, you know, tweet this out, follow me on this, like this, and I'll do it, because why not, right? But I have often had people contact me and want things that are just crazy and reasonable. I really love judo. Could you fly out here to Wisconsin, where I live, and do a judo clinic for me for free? No! Some of the people that we've even 
really gone out of our way for. That was one example that always sticks with me. There's somebody who had an event. They asked us, they're young, they're young you know, like you said, recently out of school. So we donated some money to sponsor it. We sent a couple of people to attend. And then the next year, they asked us if we could do it again. Well, in that intervening year, we had a Kickstarter campaign. We sent out many, many times to everybody we knew. And this particular person hadn't done anything. They hadn't backed us $2 on Kickstarter. And we had really done a lot to help them out. And I mean, this is just one example, but it piles up over and over and over. And my feeling is, I'm, I'm happy to help you out. But if I help you out a significant amount more than once, and I say, can you go to the app store and click on Making Camp and download our game? And you don't do it, and it would take you five minutes to click on that game, open it up, check it out. And you can't give me five minutes of your time, but I gave you two days of mine and sent two of my staff and donated $500. Then the next time you come around, I'm not that right. likely to help you out. And some somebody on social media, speaking of social media, I, I wrote a blog about that. I said, what a horrible person you are. And you don't do anything for people unless... You expect something in return, and and that's really not it. But what it is is there's a lot of people in the world you could help. And so I will try and help any one of them if I can. But if it's not reciprocated in the slightest, if you're just a gimme, gimme, gimme person, then there's always 10 people on my list that need help. And guess what? You're dropping to the bottom of the list, and maybe I'll try and help the next person. Because like you said, you know, leave the ladder down. If you're the kind of person that is always asking, then maybe you're not the kind of person I want to associate mm -hmm. with. Yeah. And it's, it's been a lot easier for me to identify those individuals. I understand life happens, but please don't cancel when I'm on the way to your house. So we kind of set up a policy. We're working on a policy to avoid those situations. I've gotten to the point where I start looking for what's reciprocated, you know, I'm not looking necessarily to get something because I'm doing this thing, but what are you doing to have my back? Well, I, I just want to talk about crazy people on oh social my media for a minute. We'll be right back after this. Did you know that 92% of U.S. homes have a computer? Yes. Yes, they do. And 43% of homes have a child under 18. Why aren't more kids playing educational games on those computers? Because they suck. The educational games, not the kids. Until now. Download Spirit Lake or Fish Lake. Check out Forgotten Trail or Making Camp with no download required. All of our games are under 10 bucks. Teach math and social studies. Let your child play on a real computer and learn real life math. If you're on Steam, be the coolest aunt, uncle, big brother, or sister on the block and download Fish Lake. The little rug rat can play on your computer, learn fractions, and you can get some peace. I don't know what goes through people's brains, okay? So I'll get emails from people. Can you have Rhonda come to my school prom? Yep. No. <laughs> I Listen, I get like just, just the smallest teensy fraction of what you get. And even what I get, I'm like, I, you can't be serious. Like you cannot be serious. First of all, I barely know her like person to person. I do not have a phone number. And if I did, I would never give it to you. I do not want to see this picture of your body part. And neither does she. I can assure you. It boils down to um, people feeling like they are owed 
something like they are owed information or they're owed pieces of you because you're on social media. Oh, exactly. Like I got an email from somebody asking, could Rhonda send them a pair of her fight gloves? I'm a really big fan of hers. Well, I didn't answer this person because I'm busy and I don't know if I'm holding the wall. So don't write me. Ask me to get you some personal thing for my daughter. Put it in the mail. Mail it to you with my own money. Take my own time. And I've never even met you. And then the person writes back. They write two or three more times. And I delete it because I got shit to do, right? And then they send me this letter. Oh, someday you'll need something. I hope you've never been in a situation where you really needed something and people wouldn't help you out. I'm thinking, you don't need a pair of Rhonda's fight gloves, which you were probably going to sell on eBay. And I'm willing to help you out if you say, I can't figure out the statistics problem if I have time. Now, again, I charge a fair amount of money for statistical consulting. But if you're a student of mine, you call me up and you say, you know, I'm applying for this grant. Would you look over this thing? It might take me a couple weeks to get to it, but I'll do it. But to say, can you send me money, uh, you know, these GoFundMe things? I I saw one recently somebody wanted money for their mom to go on vacation. Everybody knows that my mom's a good, hardworking person. She's never been on vacation. Everybody donate money so she can go on a cruise. No. Not like if Rhonda calls me up and says, I'm raising money for, you know, a home for unwed dogs. I mean, it was the dumbest thing ever because it's Rhonda. I would give the money. But that's the thing, though. Like, you know these people. I can't even imagine what it's like to be in the public eye to have people feel like they are entitled to pieces of you. I just know what it is just on, you know, a regular person standpoint. If I post a picture with a guy one week and then you don't see any pictures of me with that guy and you're literally on social media, what happened to this guy that was in your picture last week? I don't have to tell you that. (laughs) You're not owed anything because I'm not. I killed him and ate him. He's in my backyard. What else do you know? Like, you know, I just feel like that, that piece of social media, it gives people an entitlement to your life that is not okay. You're not entitled to know things about me because I shared this one piece of myself with you. And like I said, I could not imagine not just what Rhonda goes through, but what you all go through as a family. I know people's hearts are in the right place. I too am a fan. I get it. But I'm not jumping on your live stream to ask you about your daughter I want to hear about what's going on with seven generation games and where you're traveling to next because I cannot imagine how many stamps you all have in your passports I do get a little restless if I've been home for say a month straight because I'm not used to it I want to talk about my new idea I don't know if you saw it on my Instagram live or Facebook live but I think it's brilliant so so there I get all these GoFundMe things I, I get requests for money every day probably 10 of them a day from every political candidate every political party for everything you can think of from teaching ballet to inner city children to you know medical care for people in war zones to the world food program but I must get 10 of them a day and I can't give money to all these things and then some of them have really stupid stuff too. <laughs> but I do want to help out. I just thought, why don't we have something like the old-timey barn raising where everybody got together and you'd have 300 people come over to a farm and they'd all work together and all the guys would hammer and, and build stuff and all the women would cook and they, w- they would all have their, their barn raised by the end of it. 
so I want to do not a GoFundMe, but a can-do. Because everybody always says, oh, it's so great that you're doing all these things to help out school children. It's so great that you're doing all these things to help out people who struggle with math. I, you know, if there's only something I can do, let me know. Now, going back to social media, 99% of those people don't mean it at all. But if really, if everybody was willing to take, say, five minutes, like if they would go to sevengenerationgames.com and click on the link for Making Camp, and they could, you can play Making Camp on the web, you could download it in Google Play, you can download it in the App Store, it's free. So they take five minutes, download the game, play the game for two minutes. I mean, like I said, the whole thing from going to the website, downloading it, playing it, it'll take you five minutes. That would increase our number of users, you mm -hmm. know, 100%, way more than 100%. If everybody who listens to me and the podcast follows me on Instagram, follows me on on Twitter, is my Facebook friend, every one of them went and just took five minutes, downloaded Making Camp, opened it up, played it for a couple minutes. That would give us a huge boost in user numbers. And if they played a lot, it would actually increase right. their math. And I, I know that my ability to do math in my head is much better. My ability to estimation is much better. So that's what I'm saying. Instead of a GoFundMe, my idea is a can-do. Don't ask people for money. Here's something you can do to help a small business. It'll take five minutes and a couple fingers. How about it? So, I think that is think? a fabulous idea because to your point, it is just five minutes and it's definitely worth it. I am addicted to making camp. Also, my niece absolutely hates math. I'm still trying to get her out of that mindset, but I showed her spirit late and at first, she was hesitant because, oh, this is a math game. I don't like math games. And then I started shooting things from a tree. And that changed her interest <laughs> immediately. And now she works and plays to get to those parts of the game that she enjoys doing. And in her mind, that's what's going on, right? She's just trying to shoot the things from the tree. And then her math grades are going up. She's noticing it's a lot easier for her to do things that it was more difficult for her to do before because you can't move on without getting that question right. And then you have the support and the tutorials there for you. Everybody needs basic math skills, whether they want to admit it or not. It's so easy to find an excuse not to do something, right? But I feel like these campaigns and, and getting the word out there and having people think of it like that is changing the way that they look at it on a day-to-day -day basis. I love that idea. Okay, last thing that we were going to talk about, the mental health awareness. You said this is something that was really mm -hmm. near and dear to your heart. Yeah, I, first of all, want to thank and commend you and your family for everything that you've done for Dee Dee Hirsch. You know, Rhonda's acceptance speech when she got the award for Dee Dee Hirsch years ago was a pivotal moment for me. Like, it went from like a fandom type thing to this is somebody that I truly relate to. The thing that struck a chord with me is her saying that you're not alone in what you're going through. Everybody's going through something, whether they're open and honest about it or not. And I think the reason why that struck such a huge chord is because there's so much shame that is tied to people who are depressed or have anxiety because they know that they have all of these great things in their life, but they still can't you know, something's not right, they don't feel right, or they feel like they can't handle the things that are going on. And I just need people to know that there is 
no shame in that. Nobody has all of their shit together. No matter how it looks, no matter how it seems, everybody struggles with something. And it's okay to say, I need help with this. Because I've talked to so many people because of the Rousey Effect blog that said the same exact thing. And we're like, you know what, Danny, your story is my story. Thank you for putting it out there. And I never would have put it out there had it not been for you all laying that foundation. So thank you for that. I have not had the same kind of struggles Milan was personally, but I could just say sometimes when I hear students, when I talk to students and they say, well, you must think this of me or people must think I'm really weak because I take this medication or what people must think because I was hospitalized or, you know, people who have been addicted mm -hmm. to alcohol or drugs and then they've gone through a lot of things and now they're, they're doing well. And what I always think, just speaking for myself, when I look at somebody that say I knew who was really severely addicted and went through rehab three or four times and now the last four years or 14 years or however much it might be in their case, has been doing well, I don't look down on them. I think, wow, that must have been really yeah. hard. And I'm really impressed. And, and yeah, there, there's jerks in the world, but I think sometimes people's perceptions of what other people are thinking of them are maybe a little more pessimistic than, than real life. That we often are our own worst critics and for many people who have mental illness, are recovering from mental illness, are recovering from addiction, I think there's a lot more people than they often believe who aren't looking down on them and quite the opposite are looking at them thinking, wow, it's amazing you survived that and came back. Good for you. And even if you're not necessarily a person who's struggled with it, whether you realize it or not, you know somebody who's impacted by it, right? And I think, you know, it's like you said, you're your own worst critic, you're your own worst enemy. And it takes people like you who have that mindset and say, this is, this is something that builds strength. I think that you're very brave and I commend you for making it through what you went through. That means everything. Well, there's a line from Hemingway that we grow stronger in the broken places. And I always felt that was true. All right, last, last thing in the podcast, everybody here who's a guest is required to do this. This is the time for a tip. You have to give a tip. It can be on anything. Be nice. Just just be nice. That's it. That's a good tip. <laughs> well, thank you. All righty. Well, that's all we got for today. So everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of More Than Ordinary. If you want to be part of the can-do, you can go to sevengenerationgames.com and download Making Camp, or you can find Making Camp on the App Store or Google Play. If you don't have a phone, I um, guess you're listening to this podcast on your computer, you can go to Seven Generation Games and play Making Camp online. See, we make everything possible for you. Thanks for listening to the More Than Ordinary podcast. For more information, please go to our website, 7generationgames.com. And that's 7 as in the number 7, generationgames.com. If you'd like to learn more about math and history or increase your vocabulary while at the same time having fun, you can purchase our games at 
sevengenerationgames.com slash buy. You can also donate and help a much-deserving student. And as always, please tell a friend and don't forget to rate us on iTunes. It's never too late to be more than ordinary. 